Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. In the book of Luke, chapter 2. You only, you only have one verse, but I'm going to read the familiar part of this story that leads up, and then Derek will share verse 14 with you in just a moment. Now, there were, let me go to seven. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out, in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly or sore afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I want to ask you a question. What if, just what if, God meant for there or, or wanted you, not, not meant, but wanted us to read this scripture like a math formula? For instance, glory to God in the highest and then an equal sign. You know what I mean? Equal. Peace on earth, which would generate goodwill toward men. Glory to God in the highest. What if we gave glory to God? What if we gave our glory? That Let me just say it right now. You give glory on a regular basis in the highest form to somebody or something or that in the plural sense. We all do. I do. What if God was wanting us to understand not just glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill, but what if God was saying glory to God in the highest and then peace on earth, peace in your life, peace in your home, peace in your family, peace at work, at school, in your community, in your nation, in your earth. Give glory to God in the highest. So this is the gift today. Giving glory to God. So we know we talked about God's gift to us. The first gift we're, we're going to package up today and give to God, hopefully, prayerfully, by the end of this service and for the rest of our lives, is glory to God in the highest. 
Now, don't get ahead of me because you got to understand what that means. And so we're going to look at a lot of different uh, things that is like giving glory to God. But before we do that, I want you to look at a definition, and it's kind of a lengthy one, but I've tried to limit it to what we just want to look at right minute, uh, right this minute. And uh, the first one is glory. Because if you're going to give glory, and you already do give glory in a highest form somewhere, then what, what is glory? And so I just went down so for, for lack of, uh, for sake of time, is is the sense it's being used in with the most concentration, which is majesty. A thing belonging to God. You can see it, maybe. The kingly majesty, which belongs to him as supreme. Ruler. Got to say those words close, uh, kind of separate. Supreme ruler because whatever is supreme and rules over you is what you give your highest form of glory to all the time. Every day, every hour, every situation, whatever is supreme rules over me, and that's what I give my highest. Now, I give glory to all kinds of things, but my highest glory is to the supreme thing that actually rules, meaning that it dictates my life, it dictates my days, my schedule, it, di it dictates how I form those things, what I do. But it also is majesty in the sense of the absolute perfection of the deity. So I'm trying to stay really focused today, and I might repeat myself uh, uh, in fear of leaving something out. And I've asked God to help me with this today. But when you read that part of, of, of this definition, church, uh, and I don't want to leave people out online because I'm I'm talking to you 1,000% as much as anybody. Any, whoever has an ear, let him hear. Majesty in the sense of absolute perfection of the deity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So what that means, that majesty, we're, we're just kind of uh, continuing off the previous part of that definition. The majesty comes in it's royalty. Whatever is supreme that's ruling over me that I give, it's, and I hate because Angie's kind of told me, you know, about this, using this phrase. It's a non-negotiable. I mean, it, it's protected. That's what, that's what my highest glory goes to. It doesn't matter, you know, how I want to look at it or even me personally, when I feel guilty by thinking about this and I have to pray and say, God, I'm sorry, I dropped the ball that day or, or this, this, this time. And, you know, there's too many things to try to give examples to, so I've asked the Holy Ghost to do what he does best, 
and that's deal with me, with us, to reveal to us. Because what applies to me won't apply to you. What applies to you won't apply to them. What applies to y'all out there may not apply to any of us in here. But the Spirit, that's a great job. And we just had a wonderful conversation. I thank God for the way he confirms things. But we were having a great conversation that, that just was confirming. I didn't even know it was confirming this right here just in the past 48 hours. So whenever, this is why I said I might repeat myself, but I don't want to forget. Whatever is supreme ruling the deity, the holy trinity, if you will. Whenever I take, and that's supposed to be where the highest. God didn't say don't give glory or, you know, don't be committed in this area or that area or don't uh, affirm or uh, commend somebody when they do well. We, we did, we, we've done that today about how well the church has done uh, in the past two months or, or whatever. But what it means is when my highest, and, and, and my highest glory is, and I'm really, really preaching under heavy conviction personally today just to put that out there. So if I leak today, it's not because uh, I'm nervous. It's because I'm convicted and I'm trying to hold that back because I, I, I have a lot I need to work on. I really do. And I hope you don't mind me still preaching with that, with that big flaw in my life. I got a lot of things that I've got to come clean with and I've got to get better at being uh, careful about giving the highest praise, the highest glory reserved for the deity. Because when I make an, an exception, for whatever reason I justify in my preacher, pastor, Christian mind, and I say, well, this is different, this doesn't apply, whatever I do, then what I'm saying at that moment, without saying it with my mouth, that's the deity at this moment. See, that's the part I'm convicted by because I know according to what I'm reading you right now is 100% the truth because it's straight out of the Bible right here. And so this is why glory is a thing that belongs to God. The highest glory to God is supposed to be in the highest. Everything else, including my flesh and my blood that I love to death, the church God's blessed me with, to be able to shepherd and pastor. Everything, my health, everything is not supposed to get the same glory. The highest glory in my life is supposed to be a gift for God. It belongs to God, folks. And then the last part of that is three, is a thing belonging to Christ because Father, Son, and Holy Ghost deserves all the praise. We sing it all the time. Uh, in fact, you may have remembered singing it recently. Name above what? All names. That's why it belongs to Christ. That glory to God in the highest belongs to him because he's deity, all right? Now, if you look at the next word, highest, it's pretty much what you're going to think it is, but we, we, need to, we need to look at it under the same light we've been talking about supreme ruler and then the deity, the majesty. It's naturally highest, most high, a place or of place. That means 
the throne room of God is a protected, definite place. It, there, there's no question. This is why there is so much chaos. Uh, whatever you do hear about, uh, as far as Israel is concerned, with uh, the Palestinians wanting land that absolutely is not theirs. Uh, I know I'm being everything right now, but it's not theirs. According to the Bible, it was given to, to God's people. It was given to that nation, that group, to Abraham a long time ago. That's why on the news you may even hear something like the Abraham Accords. Well, that's not something somebody learned in uh, uh, <clears throat> getting a doctorate in political science. This is from the Bible. And so when we talk about the uh, latter part of the tribulation, the last three and a half years, 42 months, when the temple will be built uh, and uh, erected, and that's when Satan will come in and break the peace treaty with Israel and everybody pretty much. And that's when he'll go in, the Antichrist, and set himself up as God. There is a place right now, the throne room, the Holy of Holies. We just entered there and prayed just a few minutes ago. It, it, it's, it's a definite place. Everything that uh, refers to God, for God, where I can give glory to God is a definite place. For instance, we're going to start outside of the church for right now. Your prayer closet at home. I don't have a prayer closet. Well, you need to get one, you need to know where it is, but you may have one, so let me explain. It may be that on your way to work, you're talking to God during that time. You have a prayer closet. It's behind the steering wheel. So that's a protected area. That's a place where you, should, you shouldn't do it. I, I, I've made myself, and, and I, want, I want to stay on track here today, but I've been convicted by um, my prayer time. I even do this in the morning now with my phone. Uh, real early, I will get up. I'll, I'll turn it on to focus or uh, just stop all notifications because I've learned, I'm being honest with everybody today, um, that if my phone is right there, and see, I use the excuse. This is one of the convictions I am going to share with you. I use the excuse, well, God, that's where the program is on my phone that I do everything from dictation and all that where I put sermons together and all that. And that, that is a true statement. But the problem is reminders, email notifications, and all these other things boop, 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 pop up, and you know what it does? Even if it's for a fraction of a second, and it's never that short, it takes my mind off what I'm reading what I'm praying about, and I acknowledge that. And I don't care what I say, or even if you want to try to help me feel better and water it down, it's still the truth. For that brief moment in my time, my place, highest, I have taken the deity and I've pulled it down, and the highest pray, the, the glory in the highest has went to, to acknowledge that right there because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, and you acknowledge it. So see, what I've started doing in the past week, and then what we all do, we act like everybody uh, cannot survive 
after the year of 1990, you know, cell phones, when they started really becoming affordable and popular, what if somebody needs to get in touch with me? I drove all the way across the country without a cell phone, and I thought about that, so you know what I did? I stopped every several hundred miles, and I just checked in with my mom. And the last time I checked, about everywhere everybody is, there's still an old-fashioned thing called a landline. Y'all remember what that was? A landline. Imagine talking on a landline. Who does that anymore? But my point is, folks, you've got to understand that if you don't protect and you don't isolate what belongs to God, that's, that's glory in the highest. You will depreciate God in your life. You will depreciate that, and you'll say, well, right now, I've got to do this, and this is my reason why. And that's so against what the Bible teaches us. You know, just this week that I, you know, I'm going to miss this at Christmas, by the way. After Christmas, I'm going to miss this. I just like it. It, it, it hides from here down, and, uh, and it's just my height, and I'm going to really miss this. So I'm going to use it right now, and if you, the cat's out of the bag, this is why I'm right here, because I like it. And Reggie told me, don't lean on that one, so I'm not going over there. So I thought about this week, all the times I've read about Jesus going to the disciples and they were asleep while he was praying. Just what if, what if Jesus intentionally waited until those guys would be sleepy, and even though he called them out on it, what if he did that and, and he made himself stay awake so he could pray protected while everybody slept at night? What if he intentionally wanted to pray third shift so it would be glory to God the Father in the highest. Nobody, nothing would bother him. And this is why the remnant reality is new term God's thrown at me this week is a hard thing to understand because the more the remnant forms, the less the remnant is a part of this world the less the remnant gives glory in the highest to any other thing around them. And that's a hard thing to do. You know why? Because you've got to deal with your flesh, the things you like, things you enjoy, the things that you feel like will not operate without you. And I'm talking about like my family or friends or the church or you, you just put your circle in. We feel like, well, it's got to happen. And you know what God will do? And I just want to cry. But if you love God enough to give him the glory in the highest, God loves and appreciates you enough to take care of your family and your needs and your problems while you take care of him. He does. And don't think I ain't trying to learn that, but it's a place. It's actually a place that's protected. It's actually a time. It's that spot of majesty, that spot of deity that is first regardless in your life, you will never, ever, you will never 
let anything get close to that. And I tell you again, I don't know how many times I've said it today, I'm working hard. A lot of things in my life are changing. A lot of things in my pastoring are going to change. Myself, it's got to change in order for God to do what he wants to do in my life, in my family, and in this church that he's blessed me to pastor as long as I'm here. It's got to change, and I've got to quit making excuses for me of why it's okay for me to take God and bring him down because of this in my life. I've got to stop that, and I have enough love for him and you to tell you that today. And nothing in my life is off the table. I'll give him the glory and everything but this. So, I got to go on, but I just want to use, can I just, can I just, for a minute, I don't want to say preach, but I want to make this as relevant as I can. I've already given everybody uh, a lot of praise and glory the past two months, and that, that, nothing that's happened in this church would have happened without just plain, not talk, but hard work. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. But I'm longing for the day, and I'm not throwing any stones. I don't have not one person in my mind, and, and the Holy Ghost checks me before I open my mouth. But I'm longing for the day where the glory of God, the glory, the highest glory to God, to where not a single person that attends Multitudes Church will feel like, well, I'm just going to watch from a distance. That everybody will, everybody will want to be a part of everything at some level every time the church makes an announcement about something. That's what I'm praying. I, I don't have a person or a family or a group or a visit. I don't have anybody in mind. I'm just saying that I know that the Lord allowed the, the number of 120 to land in the second chapter of Acts for some reason. After having told us about four and 5,000 people just eating and wanting the goodies and then going their way. And then about 500 people seeing Jesus at one time after his resurrection, but only 120. I know I've been preaching this a lot again. But only about 120 people felt enough of God to for, forsake everything and do what the man said to do and give him the glory in the highest and come together and do what he did. And all 120, my Bible says, experienced and enjoyed the baptism of the Holy Ghost when it was poured out. Everybody. Nobody went home empty-handed from that event. But everybody gave the deity, God the glory, and they didn't say, well, that's not my cup of tea. And I'm going to say it, Angie won't care, I don't think, that I say this. She's not here, so it's not going to But seriously, she said, you know what? I'm not real... She said, I'm not crafty at all. But I'm going, I'm, I'm going because I want to support. And when it was over with, now this, this, this is good. This is really good. And, and this applies every, to everything. This applies to teaching, to serving, uh, singing, playing, anything that's named in this church. It applies. But she said, you know what? 
I figured out when I went to that class, I watched them and all that. I really enjoyed that. And, and if I work at that, I can do that too. But she wouldn't have been able to say that sitting at the house saying I can't do it. Because you know what we do? We read out of the Bible where iron sharpens iron. And we build each other up on our most holy faith. It ain't got nothing to do with laying hands on people or anything. It's just the body coming together and realizing, look, we might be making crafts right now. We might be cutting limbs or something like that. We might be over here opening the door for somebody. But what's really happening in a realm we cannot see with our eyes is people are giving God glory in the highest because even something they know nothing about, they're still putting God first and putting God most. And for God, all things works together for good when we do that. And you know what's the sin? Is we do it in things outside of the church. We do it. So, I'm again... And I must say this, and I, I want to get all this so we can finish with the scriptures. But I want everybody to understand, if you will take Satan up on the bait of the reason you can't do anything, then you've got to be very careful, especially after today, because what, what will happen is, is you will take his bait of why you can't or not right now or whatever, and he knows all he wants to do is degrade God, the deity, so you'll glorify something else that's more important, even if it's your flesh of I can't do it. Because my Bible tells me in the fourth chapter of Philippians that through Christ, I can do everything. I can do all things through Christ. And a lot of times, Christ uses other people, and I'm still using the craft. God uses other people to put in the path so other people can do all things even that they think, don't think they can do. I know this is like a lead brick in here this morning, but God's called me to preach this today because what I'm about to read to you says that not only should we do it, but God deserves the glory that is due to him in his name. But also, not just that, anytime we have anything. Now, I know we've got people that work and people that are caregivers. And I, I'm going to just say this because this has happened to all of us. Most people I know in this church at some point or another got up determined to come to church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. Let's don't leave poor little old Wednesday night out of this. Poor little old Wednesday night. Let's bring it. Let's bring him back too. But you've started out to go to church. And either you got sick on your stomach, or if a baby might have got sick, messed up clothes, your car wouldn't start. A pot water, water, water heater had six days to mess up, didn't it? Can, we, can I take your pulse right quick? Will you just say amen just because it'll make me hurry up and finish? Okay. All right. I, just, I don't know, man. This is a lonely place up here. I'd be glad when I'm through, to be honest with you. I'm going to do what I'm called to do, but I'll be glad to get out of here because this is lonely. But God, God knows everything about me. 
And God only wants the very best for me. And so I've made my mind up to come to church. But sometimes things happen, and I'm not even talking about that. What I'm saying, though, I'm saying just on a regular, ongoing, week-after-week basis that we, we know whether or not we're going to honor what the Bible says. This is where I hit turbulence, even if it's nobody in here. Somebody online and somebody will say something later, and it's okay. But if I know that church, and this, can I just say this, that I'm talking to anybody all over the world. If you have a church home or place that you just kind of go like Christmas and Easter especially, I am speaking to you right now, or the Lord is. Our day of worship here is on Sunday and on Wednesday. Here it goes. If you are part of the remnant, the bride of Christ, you know what Hebrews 10, 25 says, don't you? Forsake not. Because what it's also saying in the Bible many times, in many ways, when you forsake, not because of the, the car, the baby, my whatever, I got sick, my clothes mess. I'm not talking about that. That happens once in a blue moon. Because after you put your foot down with Satan, he knows, well, they went on anyway, and he, he just won't even try that. He'll try to mess with you the rest of the week. But if you know that God's word says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves, and the, the appointed time is on Sundays and on Wednesdays, and you do it anyway, don't care what you say or feel, or you run it by somebody else, doesn't matter. This book right here says that at that moment, and for whatever that reason is, you take the deity, the trinity, and you give the highest glory to something else, even if it's sitting home with the remote. You do. And it's been a big problem since March of 2020, but it's still a big problem. And it doesn't matter about that. If you were a part of this church, it doesn't matter if you don't like Christmas that much. My mama died on Christmas Day. I can't play that card. I love Christmas because it talks about this baby that came for me to later die for me. I love celebrating. But if my time to be at, at church, wherever your church is, is Sunday and Wednesday, then for any other reason that I do that, unless it's something physical or whatever out of my control, like a work schedule, then at that moment, I take, I take God down and I put something else in its place. I do. And I can say I'm convicted by this. This is why I want to get through. I'm convicted by this. But it, it doesn't matter if it's church. It doesn't matter if it's uh, a yard sale or that. We, we are the body, one faith, one blood, one baptism, one body. And again, I'm not throwing stones. I don't know who to throw a stone at, and I'd be scared he's going to drop me dead if I did that up here. But I'm telling you this. We are on our way home 
And the ones that's going to be on the first load, we talked about that right before we started singing. Once it's going to be on the first load, they're not going to resemble other people in their lives. They're not because they understand that I've got this glory, the highest glory, and it's for God first, foremost, only, no exception. It doesn't matter what the event is. Prayer. Had prayer this week. Same thing applies. We've been doing prayer for a decade at least here. Same thing. I know. I said all the time, prayer don't sneak up on anybody. You keep up with other things in your life, like I keep up when I'm out of, I've had to switch, and I'm going to unveil it right now. Cocoa Chimps. It's an organic cereal, chocolate cereal. I keep up with it, and I'm out of Cocoa Chimps as we speak. I look forward to grabbing that box with that monkey on it every night, and I will do it till December the 31st. You know why? You know why I know it's out? Because I keep up with it. I love it. That's my thing. Whenever I finally get home at night, that is my thing. Unless I'm too tired or I'm sick, I keep up with when I'm out of cereal. This is so, this is so elementary, it's not funny. But I don't want anybody to miss what God's trying to tell us he's looking for this year. He's looking for glory in the highest. And whatever I have to do, whatever I have to do in my life, I've got to get in my car and go to Southern Pines because they don't carry the cocoa chimps here in Laurenburg. Then I'm willing to do it. You know why? Because I like it. It's really good, by the way. It's not bad for you. And I don't get any kickback for that. They're not going to give me free cereal for saying that. But do you understand what I'm saying, though? Let's read this scripture now. It applies to everything. And you'll find out that things in your life that will start lining up. Because the devil will see that, man, good grief. And took that away from me. They, I can't use that now because they're still glorifying God. Or he's doing that with his phone. The scripture is 1 Chronicles 16, 29. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Everything we've talked about today, isolating and putting God in a position that's higher than everybody and everything in our lives, that is exactly the beauty of holiness. Because it's a holy lifestyle that God's called us to. All right. The first thing, according to Luke 17 and 18, is you can give God glory for what God has done in your life. You can get all these later if you want to off, off, the, off the website. They're not found that return to give God glory except this stranger. Out of ten lepers that were healed, one came back and gave glory to God for changing his life. And, and if you don't know anything about leprosy in the Bible, you, you, could not, you couldn't even go to parts of town where you, it, it was like segregation uh, at its worst. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere. You, you were, oh, you were mocked, you were uh, mistreated and made fun of, and you were just kind of by yourself. And, and the Bible says that even a condition like that, only one person, 
thought enough of the deity, the God that healed him to come back. And what if that's what God is still looking at, that same odd right now? Only one out of ten Christians really, actually, truly give him glory in the highest. Second thing is, when we, what I was talking about, the crafting and all, and how that encouraged, when we receive others, we glorify God. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. That's Romans 15. Paul was saying in verse 7. So when you receive somebody else and you help them out or you just have a heart for them, then you are giving God glory in the highest end because you are denying yourself to help that person out. Third thing is when we trust God in faith, you actually give him glory in the highest then because you're not giving glory in the highest to your doubt or your fear, you're giving it to him. He staggered not, Abraham, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, and it says it, giving glory to God. So when you're strong in faith, you refuse to, to disbelieve or fear or doubt. You're giving God the highest glory in your life, even when you're plumb scared. If I say plum, you'll pay attention a little more about that much. Everything about us, in fact, is the fourth thing, should glorify God. Whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, whatever we do, we should do all to the glory of God. Every single thing, everything in my life, I should not overlook or I, I, I shouldn't just belittle anything because every good gift comes from the Father of lights from above. So everything's a blessing. And I should use this, and this is a salt and light freebie, by the way, today. When I give God glory, even out here in a secular world, God glory over everything that happens in my life, I'm taking Him and I'm keeping Him in that place of of being exclusive, and he's getting the highest price over every single thing. In everything, give thanks to the Lord, even the bad things. And that's when you're keeping the majesty, the deity up there, and you're not saying, not now, God. I got to do this, or this is happening. God, God sees that in everything. When you choose everything in your life, then other people, I got to stop and say this. Do you know how many of y'all preach messages every week and you don't even realize it? And I mean great messages. You preach wonderful messages because you make godly decisions that other people take notice of. I don't do that, and I go to church. I'm telling you, it's not what we say most of the time. It's the light that we are when we don't even think we're being light. But we're living out a holy life, like I said, and we're putting God first, and we're giving God Thanks and glory in the highest in everything. That's what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Every time you declare Jesus, you give God glory. And that every tongue should confess. That means you talk about it. You just confess Jesus. You confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, we were in Philippians 4 a while ago, but when you confess Jesus, I just want to speak the name of Jesus, and you do that over everything, you are glorifying God, you're keeping God. What did he say? 
I be lifted up. I'll draw all men. We give glory to God because of his promises, and you are living them out even this morning. For all the promises of God are in him, yes and amen, unto the glory of God by you and me, by us. This, just like the glory due to his name, this is our duty to make sure we not only praise God for the promises we've seen him uh, perform and miracles and things in our life, but the promises we know. I'm on my way home. Back to the statement a while ago. I was talking, and Nelson was back there laughing, and I love to hear him laugh. But anyway, we were talking about the first load, and I was giving them a hard time about when they were coming in this morning. And again, after my wife verbally assaulted me and we, we, were, we were jawing with each other. I told her she was late. She got here at 916, and she was, we were back and forth. And it was so good because I was on the stage, and I could stomp and be louder than her. And it just felt like I won. And I know that makes you feel like you came to church today when I told you that. But I, what I said, I said, you know what? I told Nelson, I, I said, don't look good. I said, Second load don't look good. I hear there's going to be a lot. That's going to be a rough ride, that second load. You don't want to go into second load. That's tribulation. You don't want to do that. And, and this is exactly why we give God the glory for his promises. Because how many people, don't raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many people you know you're going in on the first load? You got a promise that you've called on the name of the Lord and you are saved, we ought to worship him for that right now. Hallelujah. That's a promise. Yes, amen. I'm going in on the first load. That's a promise. Hey, let me just go on and give you a little bit more good stuff. He said, I'm going away. I'm going to send the, 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 the comforters coming so you'll have some help in all this. I'm going away, but I'm going. Here's your promise, church. I'm going to prepare a place, I just feel the Holy Ghost, for you in my Father's house are many mansions. One of them's got your name on the mailbox if you raised your hand. If it were not so, I would have told you. So I want to give God the glory for the promise of going home one day. I'm going home one day. Yes. You know what? It's God's glory that actually lights up heaven. That's why you want to give God all the glory you can, and you want to give him the highest glory you can, because listen to this, Revelation 21, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. How about that? And the lamb is the light thereof. Now, I want to ask you a question, church. If the glory of God, the Lamb, if it can light up all of heaven, don't you think if you give God glory now, the high, it can light your little old day up? So why don't you want to give God all the glory? Give God. Hey, hey. It'll get done. They'll find you. It'll all work out. Just give God the highest glory. Give God the highest glory and watch what he lights up in your life. Let's stand up. How about that? Let's give it to him, Derek. 
2 Chronicles 7, 14. This is, this is how. You ready? Can you memorize a word? Can y'all me- if I give you one word to memorize, can you memorize it? Here's the word. If. Can you remember? Don't worry about it. No other verse, word up there but if. Can you remember if? If is a word of condition. Say that with me. If is a word of condition. God uses it a lot too. If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, for instance. So we're going to take this slow and then we're praying. If. This is, this is how you get to a place. This is how I'm working. Cats out of the back. This is how I'm working right now. To get to a place where God gets the glory. At the highest glory, glory to God in the highest the rest of my life. I don't know about you, but I, I need peace. I need peace on earth. And I need to make sure with all this mess that was just happening to our neighbors and us and everything, goodwill, to, they, there's not enough goodwill to men going on. But the problem is, is that big old fat word up there, if. Because if my people, so that's not the world, if my people, he's not talking to sinners, if my people, which are called by my name, name above all names, Jesus, if, God says, you want the last part of this verse? Okay. If my people, which are called by my name, shall. And buddy, this is the roughest walk you will walk in your life. If my people will humble themselves, that's where we are stuck, right there. That's why we're fasting about that in a, in a month. But we just can't deal with that word. We can't deal with it. Can't deal with humility. Humility gets in the way of everything else in my life. Because humility means I'm not thinking less of myself. I've used this. But it means I'm thinking more of God than myself, than my life, than my family, than my church, than my schedules, than my demands, than my bills. Everything. And that is why I will skip to the part, we'll heal their land, the land, your land needs healing. My land needs healing. The land of Scotland County needs healing. The land of North Carolina needs healing. The land of the United States, the whole earth, the land needs healing. But we just cannot deal with humbling Not the world, but we can't humble ourselves because it'll fall apart if I'm not right there. They cannot get me to nothing. So it's not being cold and insensitive. But do you see see how the glory of God is not always in the highest in, in your life? Can you? I can in my life. 
I can't speak for nobody but me today. I can see how the, the highest glory, oh, I got a lot of glory, but the highest glory, I can see how sometimes. And so God says, okay, forget the sinners, forget the world. If, if just my people that are called by my name will humble themselves, cut it off. No. Humble themselves and pray. That's why we're, we will always pray at this church at 9.15 on Sunday morning. We'll always pray over needs. We'll always pray at the end. We'll always pray Wednesday nights. Ch the children play. The students play, pray. That's why we'll pray at the end of every month. We'll always pray. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house. And he didn't know any other thing you can name. He only said one thing. My house shall be called a house of prayer. So if my people, if, I'm having a hard time with that word, if, my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. See, that's it. That's where the glory is, seeking his face instead of the face of everybody and everything else. And then this right here probably cuts the deepest though because he's talking to his people. You see it though. And turn from their wicked ways. Why does he say that? Because everything in my life that I think is innocent is in the eyes of God. It's wicked when it gets in his place. It's not wicked, check this out, it's not wicked till I make it wicked. I made it wicked. God said that ain't sin, but because you've chosen that over giving me the highest praise, it's turned into wickedness. Now, I feel the Holy Ghost right now in this church because of what God's doing in my life, but I'm also so just so pumped about if the rapture does not happen before we roll around the first year, I don't know what miracles and what manifestations God's going to let us see. I don't have no way. Because I know right now, I don't need but one more. I mean, we might not have 120, but we got a lot of people in here that understands all I got to do, all I got to do, all I got to do is humble myself, pray, seek his face, and turn from my wicked ways. The things in my life that I like, that I enjoy, but I allow. What's, what's harms is a cell phone? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. A lot of people have had their lives saved. because. But when I allow it to keep interrupting and get my attention, when I'm looking in the holy word of God, it becomes wicked to me. And it's about that way of everything. It doesn't matter if it's about... Uh, and let me go to poor little old Wednesday night again. People don't like Wednesday night. I don't care. Well, I can watch it at home. You can't be with other Christians at home. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. My children don't like it. They don't like it. You won't give them a chance to like it. And people just, people do everything they can to make sure there's something in the children and student center every week and 
what we do in the main building and all that church. I'm telling you, you are bringing a lot of innocent things in your life that you like and enjoy. You are taking them because of this glory in the highest and you're turning it into wickedness that's, that's causing your land and our land to not be healed. And I got the best news in the world right now. God wants to heal the land. If you will allow him to. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath, and for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved. 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you. 